Hello, everybody, and welcome to this Dell Technologies podcast. My name is Tim Loke, and I lead the data center compute business here at Dell Technologies in the UK. We are excited to introduce our new Dell PowerEdge portfolio with Intel innovation built in that helps you innovate, adapt, and grow. Intel and Dell are delivering new optimizations together to develop and respond to evolving customer environments. The latest generation Intel Xeon scalable processors are tuned to your unique needs with built-in acceleration and advanced security capabilities for your most demanding workloads, empowering you to accelerate your business outcomes. I'm joined by Mark McLean from our Center of Competence to uh, help me explain a little bit more about it. Mark, do you want to introduce yourself? For sure. So my name is Mark McLean and I work as part of the Dell PowerEdge Server Center of Competence across EMEA. Fantastic. Thanks for joining me, Mark. And uh, Mark, I know we're, we're both keen cyclists. You managed to get outside yet or are you still stuck on Zwift like me? I'm still stuck on Zwift. I, I, I'm hoping I can remember how to steer when I get out from beyond the uh, Zwift screens back out into the fresh air, but really looking forward to uh, getting a few miles on the tarmac soon. Yeah, fantastic. I'm, uh, I had a little spin out last Saturday morning and uh, yeah, First couple of corners were a bit sketchy, it's fair to say. Um, but um, by the end of it, it was uh, back to, uh, well, riding a bike, um, which I guess you never forget. Um, I see what you did there, Tim. Very amusing. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. So we're here to talk today about the uh, latest generation of PowerEdge servers that we're going to be launching over the next uh, few weeks. Tell me, Mark, at a high level, what have we got coming for people to get excited about? So. You know, there are 11 brand new Intel-based servers. We're refreshing our AMD range. And, you know, there's a GPU monster machine added to that as well. And all of that is really going to give us more performance, more security. And, you know, we're, we're already leaders in that automation and orchestration piece. You know, we've got customers who know and love the iDRAC and Open Manage Enterprise, but we're improving that offering as well. Fantastic. So that is basically an entire new server portfolio, if I got that right. It must be something close to 17 new models, is it? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a huge lift for us, but uh, we're ready to go. Fantastic. Fantastic. So um, lots and lots of new gear to get our heads around, but technology for technology's sake doesn't have a lot of point. So what can this technology do for organizations that they might not have been able to do before? You're right, Tim. You're right. Workload orientated designs, but really, you know, the three things that we double clicked on, you know, we, we doubled down on when we started designing the, the, these products, you know, when the team Austin started looking at this stuff, you know, probably 18 months ago. We're going to deliver adaptive compute, autonomous infrastructure. So remember that open managed piece and proactive resilience as well. So machines that really look after themselves. That sounds great, but that is a lot of buzzwords. Can you can you break that down for me? Give me a little bit more detail. Maybe we start with adaptive compute. What does that really mean? So if we put it in the real world, yeah, yeah, we're seeing workloads not you know, not just being VMware, right? Workloads that are at the edge. So we want to go to the bottom of cell towers. So we've got to have platform that's applicable for that, and we've got to have smart NICs and an infrastructure that's applicable for that. 
we're seeing explosive growth in machine learning and AI. So we've got to have a platform or a number of platforms that support that workload as well. So yeah, there's a whole portfolio of platforms out there. So we need to marry the platform design to the workload design. It's workload that's driving the platform design these days. What we're saying around that is more acceleration than ever and literally making the machine, making the server designs relevant or correct for the, for the various workloads. So let me check I got this right, Mark. So rather than taking a, a general purpose server and, um, and modifying it to fit the workload requirements, this time we've actually started with the workload and designed the service from the ground up to fit those. Have I got that right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We're still going to have the volume platforms out there. You know, the the, the sweetheart of our product lines, the are the two U and one U rack mount servers. But you'll see a number of other specialist products. You know, all the way from products that are designed to be very small footprint that still carry that server reliability and performance out. You know, maybe at the base station of a of a cell tower or maybe in a really small footprint to squeeze into a retail outlet where where every square meter counts so we got small footprint servers out there engineered for that kind of workload we've also got things like the xe uh, 8545 so that gpu monster that i talked about before you know four a100s nv linked together uber performance so you can see that it's not just Give me a two U two two CPU platform anymore. We're put, yeah, workloads are really emerging and divulging out from the data center as well. And I guess platforms like that uh, that XE GPU box that you mentioned that's going to be great for some of these new artificial intelligence and machine learning workloads where people are really trying to to crunch data very very fast to uh, to support their algorithms. Yeah, absolutely. And we're we're seeing people use you know some natural language in call centers now. So we all hate automated switchboards, right? But now you're seeing natural language come in and really people not even spot they're talking to some of the chatbots now, they're that good. You know, and, and obviously you've seen, you know, things like voice recognition on, on phones get much, much better. You know, there's a real world example of how all that GPU power is being put to use. Fantastic. That sounds very, very cool. So, so okay, so we've dealt with adaptive compute. I'm happy that, uh, that I understand that one. Let's talk about this autonomous infrastructure, I think you called it. W what is that? Okay, so I, I guess for the last 15 years, we've been on a journey as the uh, R&D bucks have been spent around that, open manage, around the IDRAC. You know, customers have given us feedback again and again and again, you know, make it more automated don't don't waste my i've got valuable people on the payroll i don't want them deploying servers or just looking for red lights or even these days slow is a new down i'm hearing now yeah tell me when something's going to happen don't wait until the server's falling over these we can deploy five thousand servers at once from one deploy job quite happily now yeah, we've got Janet and John's system management was always monitoring. Yeah, that was always a given that straight out the IDRAC. We don't need agents in the OS. We can be more secure than ever with our monitoring. Now we're seeing telemetry from the servers. So I'm able to spot problems before they become a real problem. Is that, you know, simple stuff could be, is that server running hot? Why is that server over there 
not processing anything, all the way through to telemetry that says, if I see these three events, that server might fail, right? So proactively taking that server out of production. Yeah. So all that telemetry information is now customers able to consume it. And where, I, where we're allowed to, we're starting to take that telemetry information into Dell because then we can model that telemetry information over thousands of customers and see and, and spot trends ourselves as well. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And what about, um, you know, if I'm a business today, I probably, I'm not starting from scratch. What do we offer in terms of ability to plug this system into what I already have? So, yeah, open managed, there's a clue in the name, right? So we're always open, we're always working with uh, APIs, RESTful APIs, what's the next standard, what do we need to either to conform to or even drive, you know, we will, one of the champions of Redfish when, when we wanted a RESTful API to configure servers. Um, you would have seen us now you know, working with industry leaders as well, like Splunk, to be able to get our telemetry data into Splunk. And, uh, you know, even if I go back to that other element around standing systems up, a lot of people want us to integrate into things like Ansible, done. Yeah, there's an Ansible pack that will let you configure servers. And then, even our own, yeah, you know, I talked about Open Manage Enterprise a minute ago being a console. Even that console has a northbound API. So we can script to it and we can code to that, to that. So it can be a lights out console. So people can interact with that, pull information out of it or push deploy jobs into it, uh, uh, lights out at a truly global scale as well. So if I'm, uh, if I'm running an infrastructure today and for example, I use my servers in the daytime as uh, CAD workstations for my engineers, but I want to use them at nighttime to run other jobs on. I could set up my orchestrator to literally redeploy those servers as everyone goes home, use them overnight, and then deploy them back again in the morning if I wanted to. Oh, absolutely. To use, use the same platform twice or three a times even. Absolutely. Fantastic. Fantastic. That is pretty cool stuff. And that telemetry sounds really good as well. The ability to, to proactively know what's going on and take remedial action before things break. I know that's, uh, that's incredibly important as, uh, well, we all get used to working 24-7 and, and around the world. Okay, so we, we've ticked off um, the first two. I think the third one you said was proactive resilience. Um, that sounds like it's security related. Tell me more about that. So it's, so it's both, you know, when, when we look at the supply chain and what we're doing on site, so we're now able to guarantee as a machine comes to site, has anyone interfered with that machine in the supply chain? So it may have set a reseller, a partner, a logistics partner, uh, an, an SI before reaching site. Has anyone tampered with the firmware between the time it left the factory as a clean build and by the time it's got into your data center. Well, wait, let, me, let, me, let me stop you there, Mark, right? I'm, I, that's a big claim. These boxes get touched by a lot of people. You've got people in customs. They could be stuck at Calais trying to get across the, uh, across the English Channel at the moment. You know, how, how do we go about doing that? We can't possibly guarantee that, can we? Uh, absolutely. Remember the secret source that I talked about before, the IDRAC, right? 
that is our own code. That is our own keys on that piece of silicone. So that's the root of trust, right? Everything comes from that, right? And that IDRAC, as soon as you, before you can turn the server on, as soon as you give the, the power to the server, the IDRAC wakes up. And that's what's checking the firmware. It's also knows the configuration of the box when it left right down to the hardware, right down to the BIOS, right down to what cards are in that machine. So if someone's take removed some memory, really simple, we'll spot that. But if someone's dropped in a different card or put in some uh, different firmware load that may have some spyware on it, and let's understand this, that's where some of the attack vectors are going now. As people harden their, their applications and as the OS vendors harden their RSs, the, um, the people that are trying to attack are looking for new attack vectors, new services to attack. So we're having to strengthen our, our elements all the time. And if people are dropping in firmware, the iDRAC will recognize that and reject it and say that is not the firmware that was on the box when it left the factory. Fantastic. So, so they would have to, in order to compromise it, they'd not only have to compromise the main system, they'd also have to make a matched compromise in the iDRAC, which would be nigh on impossible to do both at the same time. You just can't because the iDRAC itself is always checking firmware when it comes in. So the only way you could patch the, an iDRAC is it has to be live and the iDRAC would reject that saying that's not a Dell patch, right? Uh -huh. Oh, so we've got it. We got it covered off belt and braces. That's fantastic. Excellent. And customers inside data centers, even if you're delivering patching today, can use that same mechanism. So as you roll out a BIOS update, if you patch by the iDRAC, the iDRAC will check the security key in that patch as well. Fantastic. So even if you've got a, uh, a threat actor in your infrastructure, maybe on the payroll even, it will, uh, it will still keep your systems protected. That's pretty cool. Um, uh, what else is there in that in that security space? Have we got anything else that's new this time? So you've already heard me talk about the silicone router trust down on the iDRAC that's unique to Dell, giving us real hardware security key security. We're looking at things like certificates on the iDRAC. How do we replace them easily? How do we even enroll them easily at day one? We've automated that for customers. We've had a lot of large customers, a lot of the more security conscious customers say, I need to replace my, my certificate every three months. So we've really made that automated and easy to do for the customer. And then when we look at the CPU manufacturers, AMD bring a raft of security features in. If we look at Intel, they're showing some innovation. They've got some new improvements around SGX and that helps with memory encryption and protects everything that's in that in that server memory as well. Fantastic. So it sounds like we got some really really cool things coming out in this uh, in this next release. Um, if you if I ask you to sum this all up for me, Mark, in fifteen words, if I'm a customer, why should I be talking to Dell about PowerEdge servers? Okay, so if I look at the release, you know, that release is really new PowerEdge servers, new CPUs from Intel and AMD, new workloads, and really 
faster business outcomes. If that resonates with you, Tim. Yeah, I'm just counting the words. I'm pretty sure that was 16, but I'll give it to you. That's a, that's a great summary, Mark. Thank you. So I think if I, uh, if I sum up what we've got, we've got up to 17 new models hitting the market. They're designed from workloads up. We've got new chips and platforms from AMD and Intel, and we can deliver more performance, more security, and the best automation and management platform on the market. That's, um, that's a pretty good suite of products that we're launching over the next few weeks. If anybody wants to learn more about what we're launching in the next generation of PowerEdge servers, then please do take time to go to our website, delltechnologies.com forward slash UK forward slash servers, or you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. My name is Tim Loke. Thank you all very much and uh, hope to speak to you soon.